When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Packers Unscripted from Packers.com. I am Mike Spofford. He is my trusted colleague, Weston Hodkowitz. We're coming to you from different locations here at Lambeau Field. And Wes, it's been such a crazy offseason. I can't even get in the studio now. So I'm uh, up on uh, the fifth floor. Um, I think just down the hall. You're down that way, maybe that way. I'm not sure exactly where you are. But uh, but anyway, we are here to resume the uh the podcast and latest unscripted episode and since our last episode you were able to cover a press conference that was related to the Packers hosting the draft in 2025 so I wanted to follow up on that and find out uh what exactly you learned because the biggest thing that I gleaned from it is that the NFL is going to come into Green Bay here at some point and figure out how to run this whole show and uh, but a lot of the details uh, still very much up in the air as to exactly how this is going to work. Yeah, boss. I mean, that was probably my I, I learned so much, especially our VP of marketing uh, and fan engagement, Gabrielle Dow. It was very enlightening in terms of kind of pulling back some of the layers of the onion and understanding not only what's involved with the Packers making the pitch, but what it means once the NFL actually accepts the bid. And one of the big things that I think is but I've been driving home with our insider inbox column is. The Green Bay Packers, city of Green Bay, are providing the canvas. This is now whatever the NFL wants to paint on it. We know that there's going to be the Lambeau Field campus involved. That is the Rush Center to our east, the Rush Expo, the $93 million project here that, that has brought a lot of new commerce into the area, Lambeau Field itself, and then to our west, Titletown. Those four areas are going to be where you're going to see the media stages, the the red carpets, the the media rooms, everything related to probably the publicity of the event. The draft stage is completely up to the NFL. They could put it on Lambeau Field, it, but it's a hundred yard stage, so it would eat up the entire field if that's the route they went. You know, maybe they you, know, you have the rest center available. A lot of different avenues potentially outside, as we've seen some of these concert recently train. You know, these free concerts have had the stages outside as well. But the fact is, that was the most impressive to me that that Gabrielle mentioned was Green Bay was really the first team since the NFL started moving around the NFL draft that it was fronted by the city, by the team. They pursued the draft. They wanted this event to be here. Certainly for the Green Bay Packers, we're never going to have a Super Bowl here. You and I both know it, at least during our lifetimes. 
So what does that mean? That means that this is the biggest event that could be in this place. And the Packers work so diligently, so hard, you know, and, and last thing, I'll just close on this really quickly. The fact that Green Bay was really positioning itself for 2027. Now, 2026, we're going to have the Wisconsin Notre Dame game. 2027 is where they had their sights turned to. They didn't think from what the NFL was saying that 25 was going to be a possibility. January, the NFL calls says, Hey, you know, we're ready. We you know, we want to be in consideration for this again. The voters approved it at the spring meetings. And here we go, Michael, in 23 months, Lambeau field will be home to the NFL draft. Yeah. And I think it's great that, uh, that the Packers and the city of green Bay got 2025 because later that year in that summer is when Mark Murphy will reach the mandatory retirement age as the president and CEO, um, of the Packers at age 70. So this is something he worked so hard, obviously with the other folks that yep. you mentioned to get the draft to green Bay. And now he's actually, he will still be the president and CEO of the Packers at the time that the event is hosted. And, and it sort of becomes a, uh, uh, you know, the culmination of his long tenure here atop the Packers organization. So that'll be really exciting. The other thing I want to point out is that for those who are interested in a little bit of history, Cliff Crystal has a story yes. on Packers.com about the only other time that the NFL draft was held in the state of Wisconsin. And you have to go all the way back to the 1940 draft. It was actually held in December of 1939. It was the 1940 draft. It was held at a hotel in Milwaukee the day before the Packers were hosting the 1939 NFL championship game. And there's a lot of a lot of great details in there. Obviously, the the stories of the smoke filled rooms and all the uh, all the NFL owners gathered in one place, and you know the the Street and Smith's yearbooks and all, you know how they got all the scouting information um, back then and and made the selection. So a really really interesting historical piece on Packers.com by our team historian Cliff Crystal for those if who I... want to uh, check that out. And the draft was like 20 plus rounds yeah. or something back then. Obviously not as many teams, but 20 plus rounds of selections with uh, with with all the owners smoking their cigars and and everything else through throughout a uh, I believe it was a Saturday afternoon. So what? Uh, really really interesting uh, historical perspective on where the draft is now yeah. compared to uh, back then. I had such a smile on my face. You can even hear me trying to jump over you to talk about this when I was editing that when I was reading it on Thursday because it was it the way I equated it the way I'm envisioning it in my mind like Cliff did such a great job of creating the detail of it. It reminds me of if you ever had a fantasy football draft. Um, where you rented out a, a you know, a, a bar's, you know, ballroom to have it. That's basically what it was. Now, some of these owners like Curly Lambeau, they were entrenched in all this. They're picking the players. Some owners weren't. Some owners had coaches and they're just kind of sitting around trying to pass time talking to people and that. It just, it, again, there's nothing I love more than the Wild West of the National Football League. And you kind of forget at that point, 1940, they'd only had, what, five, six drafts at that point. It all was sort of this, they didn't know whether to use, you know, like these type of reports or newspapers or not. Some guys just kind of seem like they're picking names out of a hat. But ultimately, that's kind of what set the stage for the league that followed in the 40s and 50s to come. Yeah, that was the fifth NFL draft. The one that will be in Green Bay in 2025 will be the 90th. 
NFL draft. And uh, something tells me it won't be 85 years again before the draft is back in Green Bay, or at least we can we can hope for that. So I do want to move on, Wes, to our impressions of the first week of OTAs, but I will take care of some sponsor business here. Sirius XM NFL Radio delivers hard-hitting analysis and up-to-the-minute NFL news that true football fanatics need 24-7 365 and at cousins subs we have something for everyone like our wisconsin cheese curds mac and cheese golden fries and creamy shakes all paired with your favorite sub or sub in a bowl cousins subs 50 years of better all right well last week wes we got our first look at the packers ota sessions one per week at this stage of the off season is open to the media and we will have another one this week which we can talk about on our next show but uh i'll just toss it out to you very open-ended what were your initial impressions what caught your eye the first time seeing the 2023 packers at least in terms of the off-season roster uh on the field together christian watson's body i think is probably the first thing that caught my eye i mean my goodness the dude in his last press conference with us the locker room availed or locker room clean out day talked about how his big goal for the offseason was kind of building himself up better and making sure he gets his body prepared to handle the strength, you know, the stresses of in a 17 game season. Obviously you got to play the games. You have to get on the field, but if you ever want to talk about a kid that took that seriously, um, I mean, I, I don't know if there's any body fat on him right now. I mean, he just looks strong and lean and fast. And I thought, you know, made some of the biggest plays of the practice in that final two minute period. The offense got off to a little bit of a slow start, uh, but you could, I, I enjoyed and watching how, you know, Jordan Love sort of rallied the troops there the second half. And then, and it is the red zone period is obviously tailored to the offense to a certain extent, but the confidence, the, 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 you know, arm strength, everything. I thought Jordan Love finished the practice on a high note in that post in the back of the end zone that he threw to Christian Watson. Uh, we didn't have a, you know, a radar gun on it, but my goodness, that was a fastball that he threw to that kid. And, you know, uh, by and large, it's just one practice. We don't know what any of these other ones have looked like, but uh, I, I was really impressed by what I saw from the young QB. Yeah. The, the, the offense definitely got off to a slow start in terms of the 11 on 11 work that we were watching, but then it seemed as later in the practice got into a red zone period and things started to click a little bit. And we saw in, you know, in a span of about five or six red zone snaps, we saw Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs, and Samori Toure all catch touchdown passes from love toward the end of practice. So the offense definitely finished on a high note. A couple other things that stood out to me, I guess I would say the the impression that we had talked about on a previous show uh, of seeing Lucas Van Ness in person, the first round draft pick um, at edge rusher. That sort of carried over, I guess I would say, to OTAs where he wasn't just, you know, on the field in a rookie minicamp with a bunch of rookies and other tryout guys like he's out there with, you know, with all the guys and and certainly looks from a physical standpoint like he belongs. I mean, you can just see the physique and the build and and the way he carries himself, the way he gets off the ball on the snap in the 11 on 11, all that you can see why this guy was a first round draft pick. So a long way to go. He's got a lot to learn in terms of the defensive scheme and what role uh, he's going to fit best in, in Joe Barry's defense. But, uh, but that impression from rookie minicamp definitely carried over. Okay. I love Walker Hayes. He's amazing. He's so fun. Such a great entertainer. 
And that's why I'm so excited that JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. The Walker Hayes for JCPenney collection is an upbeat playlist of instant classics with laid-back appeal and down-home vibes. As a dad of seven kids, he knows exactly what fathers want and need when it comes to their style. This collection reflects his casually cool styles with outdoor-inspired details and versatile colors. Perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. And the other thing that caught my eye, too, in terms of watching both uh, Sean Clifford and Danny Etling as the backup quarterbacks running things with the second and third units. The ball seemed to find Dontavian Wicks, the uh, fifth round rookie out of Virginia. Ball seemed to find him on a pretty regular basis when we were watching uh, the the 11-on-11s with the twos and the threes. So that's something um, that I'm going to keep my eye on, too, here moving forward. Obviously, there's no pads. It's, you know, the underwear league, as they call it in, in OTAs. But um, but certainly as far as first impressions go, um, that definitely stood out to me as well, just in terms of the number of times that uh, that the ball was was headed his way and uh, and he was able to uh, to make the plays. I totally understand because we're going to hear it on Wednesday, probably from Matt LaFleur, too. You can't crown anybody off of these OTAs practices. But what I always say, I always kind of take the opposite approach to it you also know what it looks like when guys aren't making plays, you know what it, it it feels like when guys aren't, when you get through a practice and you're like, Oh, I didn't hear so-and-so's name uh, the entire time. Uh, Tay Wicks was in that entire practice. I thought made his presence felt. And I'll always mention this, Michael, it is about consistency. It's about stacking every single day, but what did we say all off season about Romeo Dobbs last year? And he kept doing it. And then it's like, okay, well, he was doing it once a week during OTAs with no pads. How's it going to look in training camp? And then it's kept happening during training camp and it started happening in the preseason games. Next thing you know, he's the week three NFL offensive player of the week. That stuff compounds because it's not just about, okay, he's getting confidence. No, it's telling you something about this player. When you put that stuff on film, that's what we know, Mike. You and I can pontificate and guess all of this stuff and where guys are going to go. But until you actually see it, that's where you first can really start to believe it. And and I just I was really impressed by the young man because coming out of Virginia, what an interesting story. Your story's up right now on Packers.com, a really enlightening look into his path and how he got to Virginia and what he made out of the opportunity. The young man just graduated college, um, which he joked about in the locker room last week that his mom was probably more excited about getting that degree (laughs) than she was actually him getting drafted. But the way he carries himself and the approach he took during a very trying senior year, this is a new chapter for him now. And as, as you know, one of the things I put in insider inbox, when you get these young guys, that aren't first round picks that are day three picks maybe had one season where they kind of lit things up, but then maybe didn't finish the way they wanted to. It's not about how you got here in the building. It's what you do now that you are here in the third round picks, the fifth round picks that have succeeded on Marquez Valdez, Scantling and Aaron Jones. That's what they did. It didn't matter once they were here, where they were drafted. It mattered what they were able to accomplish when they were finally in this offense and it's wide open. Yeah, and Wicks is intriguing to me too, and and we just posted a story that I had written um, on him, mostly off of a, an interview during the rookie minicamp, just about uh, you know not saying that there's been you know a boatload of adversity that this young man necessarily has overcome, 
but you mentioned obviously a very trying final season at Virginia and there's a coaching change and a system change and things didn't go all that well after a really, really big season in 2021. Will you rewind the clock a little bit further? This is a young man from Louisiana who wanted to play power five conference NCAA football. And within two weeks before signing day as a senior in high school, he didn't have a power five offer. He was most likely going to be staying at home at, at Louisiana Lafayette, staying in state. He did have a division one offer and, uh, and that was looking like where he was headed. Suddenly Virginia swoops in at the last minute and within a span of like a week to 10 days, he went from, you know, staying in state at a smaller school in division one to suddenly getting an offer and making his commitment to Virginia to play in the ACC. And then obviously a few years later, he becomes a fifth round draft pick of the green Bay Packers. So this is a young man that you just, you you can't count him out. Right. I mean, he's, he's, uh, he's been up against it before. And, uh, and as you said, it's a wide open uh, position group um, in terms of the depth chart for the Packers heading into 2023. Okay. I love Walker Hayes. He's amazing. He's so fun. Such a great entertainer. And that's why I'm so excited that JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. The Walker Hayes for JCPenney collection is an upbeat playlist of instant classics with laid-back appeal and down-home vibes. As a dad of seven kids, he knows exactly what fathers want and need when it comes to their style. This collection reflects his casually cool styles with outdoor-inspired details and versatile colors. Perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th, just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. Also, with regard to the depth chart, I don't want to I don't want to get too far into the weeds here because there were some veterans uh, who were not at the practice that we witnessed last week. OTAs are voluntary, not mandatory except by for any us. stretch, uh, yeah, except for us. We'll, we'll be there when when required. Um, but the one thing on the depth chart that uh, that did sort of follow our projections when we were previewing OTAs is that Rudy Ford was with the number one defense at safety alongside Darnell Savage. At least that is where things are starting now. We know that with uh, with Jonathan Owens and Innis Gaines and and uh, uh, the draft pick Anthony Johnson Jr., all sorts of different possibilities as far as how things could go at safety. But in chatting with Darnell Savage afterward, um, you know, he obviously went through a lot of ups and downs last season in 2022. And you know, it, it's not just to say that that he's that he, you know, is ready to put 2022 behind him. He genuinely in speaking with the media just kept talking about how excited he is for 2023. He's looking at, you know, he's looked at the film. He's learned a lot, but he's also just looking forward to the clean slate and the fresh start and and uh, and what a new season can bring for a veteran player whose previous season did not go the way he wanted it to and and didn't did not measure up to previous seasons that we've seen from Darnell Savage in this Green Bay Packers defense. So just uh just seeing, you know, you don't always see a fifth year guy who's, you know, at voluntary OTAs. He doesn't have to be here. 
but he's genuinely, you know, fired up and excited about what lies ahead for him. And I think, uh, I think that attitude is something that he wants to see permeate throughout the rest of the defense as he is now really the elder statesman at, uh, at safety with, uh, with Adrian Amos not being re-signed as a free agent. And Darnell Savage isn't going to say this, but I'll be happily say it. I mean, when you talk about a young man that's on the fifth-year option, a guaranteed contract for the season, there aren't these huge workout bonuses factored into that like there are other unrestricted free agent contract offers. He is here to get better, and I think he's here to send a message to everybody with the Packers that I am still the first-round pick you thought I was four years ago, and I can be the face of this back end. You know, he made such a great, you know, one-two combo with Adrian Amos. I felt like their styles really did complement each other very well. But when the Packers drafted him in 2019, the first defensive back off the board that year, it was so that he could eventually someday be the franchise, you know, safety back there, the guy that'll be the face of this thing. And and now he's in that position to do so. Mike, I don't know how the safety competition is going to work out. I don't know who's going to prevail if Rudy Ford holds off the pack. But what I will say, you know, I go back to 2013. I talk about this a lot, and that was where you had the big switch. After that season, that's where they drafted Ha Clinton Dix. That's where they moved over Micah Hyde. But one of the reasons for that, it wasn't we put so much of this on, well, M.D. Jennings or Jerron McMillan. No, I go back to that training camp, Mike. We got to the final week of camp, and I didn't know whether or not there would be a fourth safety on the roster. They just didn't have the depth. They didn't have the numbers. And ultimately, Chris Banjo ended up being that fourth guy who was a month earlier signed as a rookie free agent. I love the fact that they cast the net that they did to find a player. You know, you look at it, Michael, you have Rudy Ford experience started games for this defense last year. Then you look at it. Okay. What's going on over here? Well, you have, you know, Tarvarius Moore coming in former third round pick had some injury issues, but looking to come back also gives you some special teams flexibility. Dallin Levitt, a guy that's been there, done that. Jonathan Owens started 17 games last year, had 125 tackles and 980 snaps. And then the guy that I think very few people have talked about is NS Gaines, where, Mike, I, if you know nothing about pro football, if you know nothing about the, the players and how they line up on this roster, and you just look at NS Gaines, the guy looks like an NFL safety. Six foot two, 200 pounds, can thud. I mean, they call him Thump for a reason, right? Yeah. And great nickname, th- by the way. I love yeah, that absolutely nickname. Great nickname. But I think if you notice what happened when he got that second injury with the hamstring, he got, you know, the injury designation and then he came back. He looked like a different guy to me. He looked healthy. He looked confident. And by the end of last year, I think he was running with the number one, you know, gunners and jammers on the, the punt team. So it is a lot of options for them back there. I don't know who's going to prevail, but I like the fact that they at least gave themselves a multiplicity of things that they could potentially look towards. Also with the fact that sometimes these guys can't switch into the slot as well. We saw it last year with, you know, Darnell Savage late in the season, a lot of flexibility with the safety position. In addition to the fact that it is a core play a core position on special teams or defense. Yeah. You have, you have a mixture of guys who have been here and know the system with other new guys that have a certain level of experience in the NFL with some other teams who are learning a new system, but they played a fair amount of NFL football. So it's an interesting mix in terms of how that's going to sort itself out. One last thing to uh, touch on here before we go, Wes, and that is that uh, we heard from third-year cornerback Eric Stokes with regard to his Injury from last year in the Detroit game, or I should say injuries, really, to be accurate. And what has been a very, very long recovery process for him. It turns out 
that in uh, um, in that Detroit game at Ford Field, he suffered both a knee injury and a foot injury. It turns out that, and he had to have uh, procedures done on both. It turns out that the foot injury is the one that has that that was a lot more serious and has required a lot more recovery time. He was actually off the foot completely for multiple months before he was even able to get back on crutches and then get back into uh, walking and running as the offseason moved along. But this has been a long process for Eric Stokes, um, and that process continues. He is not out on the practice field yet. He's obviously aiming to try to get back for training camp. That may be a little bit aggressive uh, of a timeline considering uh, the foot injury and everything he's had to deal with there. But um, but we certainly saw, and as you wrote about on our website, another story to check out for those who are interested, that uh, that the smiling, somewhat happy-go-lucky Eric Stokes is back because he sees the light at the end of the tunnel uh, with regard to this this long recovery. And um, he's one of the guys that 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 brightens up a locker room. Uh, there's no question about it. And uh, um, and he's looking forward to getting back on the field whenever that may be. Yeah. And the Packers are certainly going to be patient, but uh, but he's looking forward to getting back uh, on the field here at some point in the calendar year 2023. Mike, you know what impresses me about this young man, and you were a part of the, the scrum a little bit too last Tuesday, was it's really easy to, when things are going well, to put up the, the posts and know it's in your locker, telling you this is what you wanted, and, and you know now you're living the dream and things like that, and, and all this positive affirmation. Uh, when when things are going well, when you're coming off a year like he did as a rookie in 2021. But to walk the walk when things aren't going great, when you do sustain probably the biggest injury of his life uh, with that Liz Frank, two you know, a plate and two screws in his foot. And yeah, yeah, Eric mentions there was some bad times in there, but to still have the positivity that he has and still have the the short memory to to want to get back out there and show that the 2021 Eric Stokes was the real deal, that that's the guy that could potentially be a, uh, a staple for this defense for years to come. I, I felt like that was such a, a huge moment for him. And if he can get back off this thing and, and get back on the field, I think it's going to be something that really propels him into the second chapter of his career. Because as he mentions, you know, last year, even before the injury, it wasn't what he wanted. You know, he had 14 yeah. pass deflections and a pick in his rookie season had nine starts last year, you know, eight and a half, you know, before he injured himself in Detroit and didn't have any pass deflections, didn't have any takeaways. And the the key marker for a lot of those players is being able to put all that stuff behind you as a defensive back and push forward. And I feel like there's so many parallels between him and Jair Alexander that way, that, that short memory of having confidence in what you do and knowing that when you get your opportunity, you're going to make the most of it. Yeah, and we always talk, obviously, about the year two jump for players, right? Well, in Stokes's case, as you said, his year two didn't start out the way he wanted, and now it's almost as though he's going to get a he's going to get a redo on the year two, because at the end at the end of his rookie season, this is a guy that we saw come within an eyelash of a pick six of Jimmy Garoppolo in the playoff game against San Francisco that would have completely turned the game much as uh, much as the, uh, the, the turnovers did in the other direction. He was, you know, the opportunity was there. It didn't quite go his way, but then, you know, think that it didn't carry over to the following season. So now he gets a, he gets a reboot with that. Um, once he can get himself healthy and, and get himself back out there, the Packers feel good about where they are. 
with regard to having Alexander and Douglas on the outside. You have Keyshawn Nixon um, in the slot, some other young depth behind those guys. But when this defense can get Eric Stokes back and then you're looking at who those top four cornerbacks are when you want to go to uh, to a dime package or perhaps some different types of nickel packages using three cornerbacks, just having that many options. His return, whenever that happens in 2023, his return could be a real boost to the Packers defense. And let's be honest, Mike, we, we can tape this right now. We can talk about all these things. There's always things that happen. You know, last year, I think the Packers had a pretty clear vision for how they wanted the safeties and secondary to shake out it didn't work out that way you know with with Stokes going down a year earlier I don't think anybody thought a shoulder injury sustained in week four by Jair Alexander would really turn the tide of what people thought would be a really deep cornerback room it led to Rasul Douglas coming in but as we've seen I mean Jair is just a different beast when he's on the field you need to have your options there at cornerback and I I don't know how it'll shape out I don't know what it's going to look like when Eric Stokes is cleared to perform again but Again, guys do find their opportunities, and a lot of times, unfortunately, it has something to do with injuries. So as long as he's still in this thing, as long as he can put that injury behind him and press forward, I still think there's a really bright future there with that kid. Yeah, well, another OTA practice to watch this week and locker room interviews and everything else that go along with it. So we'll have plenty more to talk about on our next show. But for now, we'll call it a wrap on this edition of Packers Unscripted. Be sure to follow all of our coverage of OTAs. Everything going on with the team is there for you on Packers.com. For Wes, I am Mike. Thank you for tuning in, everybody. We will see you next time. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count.